that glorious day, what it will be when we see Jesus. Amen. Truly, truly, God is a good God. Amen. And you can only imagine how it will be. Amen. In the presence of Almighty God. We tried a different deal there, but that deal didn't work out so well. But praise God. Amen. God is good. Amen. Yeah, we hope and pray that you received a blessing this morning from the worship. Amen. Truly, God is good. We Again, we say one more time, thank you for your giving. May the Lord truly bless you. We have to bring that song back one of these days. That's an exciting song, church. When you get to think about heaven, get to think about the goodness of God and the things that come, amen, And almighty God, truly, 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 it is a blessing. Amen. This time, we're going to go and re re uh, send them back for children's church this morning. Appreciate all the young ones, amen. All the young ones, young ones, if you want to go, go, amen, get a blessing from almighty God, amen, for the youth there. We appreciate our youth. Amen. Continue to lift the youth up in prayer. The future leaders of our church. Amen. Future leaders in the community. Future leaders in our, our society. Amen. And thank God we need godly leaders. Amen. And no doubt Children's Church is there to, to, to begin to train them up, the Bible says, in the way they should go. For when they are old, when they are old, they will not depart from it. How many know that this morning? They will not depart from it. They will hide those stories and those, that word in their hearts. To where they'll know, hey, the next generation will know, hey, I need to bring my children to church. I need to bring my kids to church. And so, again, we grow up in a society where it's becoming few and far between. Again, so we must continue to get that word out. Bring your great kids, grandkids, nieces, and nephews to the house of the Lord. Let them come here today. And again, we like to uh, uh, welcome again each one, those online as well. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our broadcast this morning. I want to uh, come out of part 14, part 14 of our of our message. This is 14 parts, amen, to the message here. I want to come out of Romans 8, Romans 8 here, chapter 35, Romans 8, 35. Y'all should know it by now, Romans 8, 35. The Bible uh, is written to the church at Rome, but it's also written to you and I as well, written to you and I as well as we apply the word of God again to the church, and we'll talk about it here in a minute. But the Bible says, and who shall separate us, verse 35, from the love of Christ, Shall tribulation or distresses or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Or as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counting the sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. And he went on to say in verse 38, he says, I am persuaded. In other words, fully convinced. Amen. That neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, we covered all these, nor things present, meaning what's going on right now. And this morning we're going to focus on things to come. Nor height, verse 39, nor depths, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And then, for a little bit today, I'm going to give you a second uh, piece here. The Bible says in verses, uh, Mark, go to Mark 13 for me. Mark 13, 3 through 10. Mark 13, 3 through 10. You can, you can send them to the children's church. There you go. Mark 13, 3 through 10. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. It's amazing, man. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says as, it, as we sat at... As he sat at, upon the Mount of Olives, excuse me, over against the temp temple, 
Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, tell us the things when these things shall be. What shall be the sign of all the things that shall be fulfilled? The Bible says Jesus answering them began to say, take heed lest uh, any man deceive you. He says, for many shall come in my name, and I, that I, saying I am Christ, and shall deceive many. In other words, lie to many. And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, uh, be ye not troubled, for such things must be, needs be, but the end is not yet. The Bible says in verse 8, For nations shall rise against nations, and kingdoms against kingdoms, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places. And the Bible says, And there shall be famines and troubles, as we all see. These are the beginning of sorrows, the Bible says. These are just the beginning of what's to come. And the Bible says, but take heed to yourselves. Take heed to yourself, you and I. We take heed to our soul, the Bible says. He says, for they shall deliver you up to counsel. In other words, we turn it over to the government. And the synagogues, ye shall uh, be beaten, and ye, uh, ye shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for, te for a testimony against them. Number 10, he went on to say, the last one I'm going to give you. He says, and the gospel must be first published among all nations. Among all nations. Amen. These are some of the signs of the time that Jesus was talking about. Everybody want to know when was it going to be? When was it going to be? And all these different things. And so Jesus began to lay some things out there to them. And so for liberty, they want to come back to this about complete victory. The title of this message this morning. Complete victory over things to come. Over things to come. This is part 14. Amen. Reverend, if you open us in prayer, please. Father God, Lord, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for our pastor this morning. We ask you to bless Kirk Thompson. The spirit moves upon him as he breaks the bread of life. We ask you, Lord, to let us be prepared in our hearts to receive your word. Let our minds be filled with faith. Let our hearts be alert as we hear the word of God. Because in your word, you, as your word is going forth, you are prepared. Amen, amen. Praise God for each one here this morning. Amen. I, I was kind of marveling as they were coming in. I said, man, if, if just imagine last week and this week. It's a whole different group. <laughs> a whole different group. And I said, we'll be having church again today. They would have whole filled up all this. It's coming, it's coming. It's already there. Amen. We have such wonderful families in our church and uh, such wonderful people in, our, in, our, in our, our church today. Much family environment. Welcome, welcome you. Come on, be a part with us. Amen. There's, there's plenty of good things in store. For things to come, for things to come. And so this is a 14th part, 14th part of a series. Uh, and this is the longest series I've ever done before. And the reason why we have is 17 parts of this series. 17 parts. And why was that preacher? Anybody know? Anybody know? Don't tell me if you know. If you don't know, well, some of you may know. But to this is our 17th year in church history. Uh, again, last week, uh, September 11th, me and my wife uh, again moved to New York City. September 2011, 2004. So it was seven, uh, now 18 years now. But our first official service was in November of 20, November 20th of 2004. And so we are now in the 17th year, about to turn 18 as a church, amen? 
in November 20th, we have our anniversary service. Come on out and be with us. We have mixing together with our Thanksgiving service. So start preparing for that now, amen. We got two months. Come on out and be with us, all right? But anyway, so back to the 17 parts. And so this is part 14. And I was, as I was preparing for the year 17, uh, again, it was 17 parts that I just read to you, 17 parts that the Apostle Paul had written in the book of Romans. And, and we look at it one more time. Maybe part one was the, the tribulation. Go back 35 for me, please. 835. He said, a tribulation. He went on and said, distress, persecution is number three. Famine was four. Nakedness, we covered all these. Peril, sore. And then, and then go to jump down to verse uh, uh, 38. The Bible says, and he says, persuaded neither death. Death, uh, uh, he says, life, nor angels, nor principalities, those powers of things to come. And so all these different things that, that, that the apostle had given to the church is something that he was preparing them for. Amen. To prepare them for. And, and we've been talking about complete victory. So when things come your way, you can get the victory over those things. Everybody follow that. Because there will be days when you're going to face persecution. There's going to be days when you face uh, the principalities and death. The, the, the series when we preach about death. That same day, the day we preached that message, my brother-in-law died. Say it again, y'all have sleep on me. The day I preached about death, that was part, I don't know, part 10 maybe, I, I, my brother-in-law died that afternoon. And that's when we could have got sorry. We could have been overwhelmed by the death of him. But you know what? Victory allows you to get victory over death. I mean, know that. And since that time, some of you have experienced death. Some of you have lost things or lost loved ones along the way. And so all these different things that we've listed are there to prepare us for things to come. Does everybody follow that? And so naturally he wrapped it up and said things to come here in verse, uh, uh, verse 38 here, 39, 38. He says things to come. And so it was a conglomeration of things to come as well. And so we look at this, the part 17, again, we get encouraging us to have victory over things because things will come in our lives. Can I get a witness today? We don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. You may not know what tomorrow may bring. We don't know what the next day may bring. And so we must, whatever comes our way, through Jesus Christ, we can get victory. So prepare your hearts and your minds. Don't get discouraged this morning and realize that we can do all things through Christ Jesus. And he says we are made more than conquerors through him that loved us this morning. So everybody follow. And so, again, we listen to some things that we'll face. And so Paul wrote to the church, again, to prepare them. And so the New Testament, from really from, from Romans all the way to Revelation, you can turn with me at 2 Timothy. Uh, again, he began to cover all of the things that the church needed. And so we thank God for the Bible. I mean, know that today. Thank God for the Bible. We encourage you to read your Bible. We encourage you to get into the Bible, and really those, those books I named to you, those are letters written to the church. We see about Romans today. Roman, Rome is written to the church at Rome, but now we apply it even here to the church in New York City. Amen. You read about the Ephesians or Galatians and Philippians. These are all cities and to the people of that city, but now we apply it to the entire word of God. So let's look at this. In 2 Timothy 2, the Bible says all scripture. Amen. All scripture is, is by inspiration of God and is profitable uh, and for doctrine and for reproof and for correction and for instructions in righteousness. These things prepare you and I. If God, I need correction, correct me. How many of you say that this morning? God, if I need reproof, if I need some things cut out of my life, if there's some things that's going to hurt and harm me, I don't want that any longer. Please take it away. Does everybody say that? 
So when I leave this service this morning, I will have victory over this thing. And over this year, uh, we've been getting trying to equip you with some things so where you can have victory over things that perhaps have defeated you in the past. I may say that this morning. And so let's look at this. And so he says in verse 17 that the man of God, this is written to Timothy, uh, Timothy, he says that the man of God and woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's what scripture is for. The word of God is there to do what? To prepare us and furnish us and mold us and shape us into his image and have that thought pattern we covered Thursday night. The thought pattern and the mindset of Christ that we can have victory. Everybody follow this morning. And so in your life this morning, I want you to know the devil's defeated. How many know that today? One person knows that. The devil's defeated this morning. I got one or two more. Amen. I'm talking about complete victory. You got to say that every day in your life. You got to say, you know, a sin is under my feet this morning. The things of the devil he tries to do in my life, I will get victory over these things. I got victory through Jesus Christ. We're going to go to in a minute. And so the Bible began to talk about, I go back to Mark real quick before we, I'm not going to say this long on this piece here. Back to our second text. But the Bible, the disciples wanted to know. They want to know what's going to be in the end. What's it going to be like? And so I'll be sharing with you again. Go back to our YouTube channel. And we got a whole uh, series as well about preparing for the end. It's in our playlist on our YouTube channel. And so you think about this, how did he begin to tell them what shall these things be? And we all want to know our future. How many know that? You want to know what the future holds. You say, preacher, what is it going to be like 10 years from now? Where am I going to be as my children going to grow up? Where will they be? Where will I be living? Will I still even be alive? No doubt we wanted these things in our minds. Why? Because we want to know the future. So the disciples want to know the future. They want to know what it was going to be like when he came back to set up his kingdom. Don't you know Jesus is coming again? Let me know that. I said, Jesus is coming again. He's coming, no doubt, to one day set up his divine kingdom. And the Bible says, he said, it's going to be like this. He says, uh, he says take heed to your seven, verse five. He says, uh, he says, many shall be deceived. The devil lies. And the Bible says he's the father of all lies. He will deceive you and tell you that coming to church is wrong. Let me know that. He will tell you that you don't need to come to church. He'll tell you that you don't need to read your Bible. He'll tell you that it's man-made. Like we just said, it was given by God. He'll tell you that the preacher taking all the money. We ain't taking out a dollar. <laughs> I haven't taken a dollar since I've been here in 18 years now. Amen. Put it back into the church. Amen. Come on. Amen. 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 They say, you got a nice car, preacher. It starts with four letters. W-O-R-K. <laughs> Amen. But the devil will lie to people. Because of scams and all these different things that are going on in our world. And so it's deception everywhere. False preachers. False prophets. False doctrine. And so the devil has churches on every corner. Why? To deceive the people. Thank God for a true church. Thank God for a word of God that will go forth and we'll tell you straight. Amen. We must live right. We got to do right so we can go and spend eternity with Almighty God. I mean, can I get a witness of that this morning? We've got to do right, brothers and sisters, this morning. And then when we do right, it equips us for what's coming. He says, take heed to yourself. Don't be deceived. For many shall come in my name. Back to verse 6. He says, so many, there will be many names. Many people will impersonate me and, and, and act in the name of Christ, but really be false. The Bible says in rumors of wars, we always hear on the news every day, Russia, Afghanistan, all these different folks all over the place fighting one another, ready to kill one another, and on and on and on. He says, be not troubled, however. Don't be troubled. The Bible goes on and says a little bit further. He says, for much these things must be. And he says, but the end is not yet. For a nation shall rise against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms, and there shall be earthquakes. We see it all the time. 
thousands of people wiped out. When we first started here at the church, uh, this, that's when the tsunami hit. The tsunami hit in 04 in the Philippines. Uh, where was it? Uh, uh, Indonesia. Indonesia. Y'all remember that? And they, uh, in 2004, this big old earthquake took place, and all these waves just came and swallowed up the city. Hundreds of thousands of people died. And I remember it happened that Sunday night, Sunday morning, actually, and we was on our way to church. I heard it, and they was like, yeah, there's, there's several deaths, and we don't know the count yet. And every day, y'all don't remember that? The count grew from 1,000, 2,000, 10,000. 50,000, hundreds of thousands of people died. And, they, and the headlines were biblical proportions. Earthquakes. And, no, that's the, the death in Haiti, the, the earthquakes in Haiti. All these, he said there will be earthquakes all over the place. He said, but, and troubles everywhere. He says that these are the beginning of sorrow. There's easy to compare to it as a, a woman having a baby. Yeah. You women have babies, praise the Lord. Thank God for you women. I, mean, I don't think I can make it, brother. I don't, I don't think I can do it, brother. You women are strong, ladies, amen? I remember my youngest, I share with you this story. My, my youngest, they had my wife hooked up to all these different things, bloop, 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 all these different uh, wires and stuff. And, and naturally, the contractions, and they show now they can show the contractions. In the older days, they didn't have all that stuff in the mother, too. They had these contractions. I don't remember it anyway. But these things, would, I was saying, what does that mean? And Lay was like, she Essex showing her contractions. And so that thing would go, bloop, bloop, do 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 And I said, here you come. <laughs> I said, man, Ooh and, and so I said, girl, and she didn't want the, uh, and she didn't want the injection, and she wanted this one natural. And so she said, I'm gonna do this one now because the other one's messed up and got headaches and all these things from the other ones. And so I said, girl, keep quiet. I was, man, I'm fortunate to be here today. I don't, you know, husbands kind of lose their mind too when it's all going on. I was like, girl, man, there's other people here. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh! And then 10 minutes go by. Oh! Three minutes go by. Oh! Every two minutes. Oh! Every one minute. Ah! Oh! Every 30 seconds. Ah! Oh! And so as we begin to see, Jesus said, this is going to be like a woman having a baby. We're going to see it more often and more often and more often. He said, until that thing comes to pass. And so he says, it, how that these are the beginning of sorrows and the sorrows of birth pain. And so, again, why? Because the earth and really the world is in need, again, of a new birth. How many know that today? It's in need of a new birth and in our world today. And so we see all these different troubles and going on in our world because, again, we know the end is near. Amen. We see it more frequently. Let's get on. I got to get out of this piece here. But these are just some of the signs of time. The Bible says, take heed, to you, take heed to yourself in verse 9. It says, for they shall deliver you up to counsel, and there will be persecution. And this happening even now as we speak. And the Bible says, synagogues shall be, be beaten. They will even come into the synagogues and churches and captivate all of us. If we, hey, man, this is not this is it, a post-rapture of the church. But again, you think about it. There will be times when they can't even worship God. It happens in China and other countries. Y'all know the deal. If you study it out, there's persecution, real persecution. going on in Muslim countries, African countries, that they, they come back and their whole villages are burned down. Christian villages. Because why? They hate the gospel. We don't feel it in America. We, we cool and we laid back in America. We don't need God. We got everything we need. We fat and hungry. You know what I'm saying? I mean, fat and have everything we need. Money's good. Jobs are good. But I challenge you, I'll tell you one day, if God dries this thing up, Things have changed dramatically. How many know that? I'm telling you, we, our country and our world today, we must continue to stay focused on God. Let's get back to where we want to go. And so the Bible says, but the gospel must first preach. Another sign of the time is this. He said the gospel must be published throughout all nations. 
They say, well, preaching the scripture's been here for 2,000 some years, but you know what? It wasn't available for all nations quite yet. And that's for you from various countries here and those watching online. The gospel is going all out through the internet. That's why we continue to tell you, share these things out, share these videos out. Why? So we can go to other countries and other nations that people can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ again and then. So now we have satellites, we have internet. So now this prophecy is really fulfilled that all nations can hear the gospel now. Let me know that. And so things to come and so preparing. Oh, that's some of the signs of time. But let's get back where we want to go. Preparing for the end. The God holds the future. I mean, no God holds the future. And so he says, don't let these things trouble you. So when you see things on the news, you see things happening in your life, as you as a believer in God, if you're not a believer today, again, you need to be wary because you're not saved. But if you're saved, we get excited because we know the time is short. And we know that one day we'll be with Jesus. We know one day it'll all be said and done because our, our, our worth and, our, and all of our goods and treasures are, are not really so much caught up in this world. We have something prepared up in heaven for the believer today. I mean, know that today. And brothers, so today you may not have everything. You may not have the finest home and all these different things. We care. It compares nothing to what God has in store for us up in glory. I mean, know that. Let's go to Isaiah uh, 46. I'm going to give you a little priest teaching this morning. Is everybody all right? The Bible says, remember the former things of old. And so, naturally, we serve a God of yesterday, today, and forever. He says, for I am God, and there is none else. I may believe this morning. There is no God other than him, Jehovah. The Bible says today, there is none else like me. None else that could do the things that he does. None else that can cause all of us to even be here today and create all this great creation that we have. He said, declaring, the verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning. God saw it. He sees it, he knows what happened, he knows what's going to take place, and he knows what's, what's happening in the future as well. He said, and from the ancient times of things, the things that are not yet done, my, my counsel shall stand, and, and I will do all my pleasures. God's word will stand. My friend, if you don't stand on God's word this morning, I'm telling you today, it's every, all that's in sinking sand. It's time to get in God's word. It's time to get locked in with God. It's time, my friend, today, because the days ahead could get worse. It will get worse and worse, my friend, today. And so having a solid foundation, a solid relationship with God is the only thing that's going to prepare you for what's to come. I mean, know that today. And whether that's in time, it can happen another thousand years from now, but you know what? But your relationship, the things that come in your life, the challenges that will come. I mean, how many thankful for the relationship you had? If it wasn't for God, where would you be? How many say that? If it was not for God, where would we be today? If it weren't for God, truly I would have failed. If it weren't for God, I'd be locked up somewhere. Y'all would have never known me. If it weren't for God, my friend, today, I could have been easily gone and dead. If it wasn't for God, but by his grace this morning, he allowed us to get a foundation of where we now can overcome the challenges of sin, the challenges of temptation, the challenges that life brings in our life and prepare you for the days ahead as well. The Bible says we, uh, um, we, we, we went, uh, he knew when we were to be born. He knows, he knows when our day of death is. How many know that? We can't run from it. Again, our future is determined how we live as well. Your future is determined how we would decide to live our lives. Amen. It's determined how we're going to live. We're going to stay the same way we are, brothers and sisters. And we say, you know, I'm going to get closer to God. I'm not going to stay in the same old rut. I'm not going to stay defeated. I'm not going to say depressed. I'm, my, I'm about to change my, I'm not going to keep the same old friends and all this same junk that I've been doing. I'm going to get better. And you know what? In God, he helps you get better. Amen. Today's a new day. It's a new beginning. And you make up in your mind, you have the ability through faith in God and getting in God, you can change your destiny this morning. How many know that this morning? And so we see here today, rather than 
rather we can have uh, eternal life with God, heaven, or we can choose the lake of fire and everlasting purse. It's up to us. The choice is ours. Amen. So the Bible says, uh, Joshua told us, choose whom you will serve. He says we can either get better or get bitter this morning. I'm going to say that. We can either get better or bitter. We can quit or we can conquer. The choice is ours. The future's in our hands. We can fail or we can flourish. We can be broken or we can break free this morning. How many say that with us this morning? You can stay broken or this morning you can say, you know, my future, my day, I'm going forward and I'm going to break free this morning. How many going to believe God with us this morning? Say, so you know what, again in the day, God sees your future, the things to come. Amen. Your days are brighter. I'm telling you, they in Christ Jesus this morning. Days are better in God today. Our future is bright because we see Jesus. Our future is bright because we have Christ. Your future is bright in Almighty God when you give your life over to God. The Bible says that Paul will begin to cover all these things that could possibly happen and that will happen in our lives as we covered these over the past four 14 parts. Again, some have already taken place, some will currently taking place, and some are to come. And so, but we find victory through Jesus Christ this morning. There is victory through Jesus Christ. God holds the future, and so which side will we be on? Which side of his future will we be on? Again, you heard many times about speakers and politicians and really lawyers and various things making their case. They said, which side of history will you be on? Y'all heard it say that before? When they make a speech or they're trying to do election campaigns, all these days, they say, which side of history will you be on? You ever heard that before? And same thing in God, you know, which side of God, which side of eternal life do you want to be on? Do you want the side of victory? Or do you want the side of eternal being lost and defeated with the devil? I believe you came this morning because you want victory this morning. Let me say that. I believe you're here in this service and those watching online because you want victory in your life and God is able to give it. The Bible says in Joshua 14, 24, 15, Joshua gave him a choice. The Bible says, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers who, who you served on the other side of the, of the flood, he says, or the, the, Amor, the God of the Amorites. He went on and says, in, 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 in whose land ye dwell. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Y'all read it before him. As for me and my house, he says, we have that choice. Do you Say in my future, I want my kids to grow up in a godly home. I want my grandkids in a godly home. I want again my days ahead to have be God centered. Why? Because again, that's where my victory lies for. He said in the past they fought, they followed the wrong God. They followed false gods. You see, has little G there. It's a false god. They follow things that causes them to be defeated and it causes them to be enslaved. The enemy said back to deception. Back in the days of deception, the devil don't tell you that you're enslaved. How I many know that? He won't tell you that you're shackled to that bottle. <laughs> he won't tell you that. He won't tell you that you're shackled to those, those drugs and alcohol. He won't tell you that you're shackled to lust and all these different things that sin brings. He won't tell you that you're shackled to uh, getting into depression and all these different things. But to damn tell you, you can break free this morning. The devil runs a nice scheme on people. He runs a plot. How I many know that? Every day, you be up with all of myself. You know the devil trying to trick me. How do you know that? He runs a scam every day, and so Jesus said, "Be not deceived." And so again, we see how sin did not work. Our old religion's ways did not work. Again, our old lifestyles caused destruction and, and, and led to enslavement, and which which sin enslaves. Again, greed and wickedness—all the different things that sin brings—it it, it causes enslavement, and people don't even realize that. And living in sin, as we said, is expensive as well. 
Sin is expensive. It's expensive to lose your soul, the Bible says. Go to Matthew, uh, Mark, excuse me, Mark 8. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world? What shall it, I said sin is expensive. He said, what would it profit you to gain the whole world and to lose your soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? People sell their soul out for some of the cheapest things in life. Come on. But the Bible says, and we ask you today, simply come to Christ. Enough with the games, my friend. It gets old in the game. I was sharing with a man last night, and uh, uh, he was talking about his testimony. I shared my testimony with him. And uh, uh, we were talking about how in, in the military we used to go out and hang out and all these different things. I said, but by the time I got to the Army, I was kind of burned out already. <laughs> he said, really? I said, yeah, because I, I started drinking at an early age, 10, 11 years old. They would slip it to us. <laughs> they in their party in the other room, we get our little cup and <laughs> drink it up too. We get our little taste as well. And in, in the other room, got my introduction to my first cigarette, 10, 11 years old. <coughs> I used to try to play it off, right? I just, my cousin's like, suck it in, suck it in. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. It hurts. What are you talking about, suck it in? And so I would just, yeah, man, I'm cool, man. I'm cool. At an early age. And that's why I shared with them Thursday night. My mama didn't want me to go to my cousins' house and my friends' house because they knew the lifestyle that they lived. I thought she was being mean. I knew what I wanted to get into anyway because all manners of things went on. But sin, no doubt, and sadly to say, a lot of them are still in that vicious cycle. I got cousins the same age as me look like 70-year-old men, Jimmy. Look older than you because of the vicious cycle of drugs. And now sin is expensive. It causes broken homes. It causes children all over the city outside of wedlock. I'm telling you, the devil's deception today. Are you listening this morning? We preach it straight here. Why? Because it's real. Eternal life is real. Don't slip them drinks. Don't even get involved in that mess because they're going to mess around and get molested in the other room. It's a straight talk this morning. It's not even on the paper. I'm trying to keep you from getting your life all messed up. Protect your children from things to come. Come on. Teach them about God. Teach them the penalty of sin. Teach them about heaven and hell. Come on. Amen. The Bible says, What shall the prophet of man gain the whole world and lose his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me shall I shall be ashamed of him. Adul in this adulterous and sinful generation. Jesus called it out. It's not my words. Jesus said it before I said it. <laughs> he said it's an adulterous and sinful generation. And keep your kids in church because their peers <laughs> are not here. The teachers are ungodly. Come on. The teachers are teaching all type of sexual perversion in your schools. You better check their little backpacks. Check them papers that they sent home because they want you to sign off and say, hey, they no longer a boy or girl, they're a child now. They want them to make a choice whether they want to be a boy or a girl. What are you talking about, preacher? Y'all haven't heard this stuff, huh? It's real stuff. And it's what the Bible tells us. He says it's going to be, why? Because homosexuality will be prevalent. Sin will be all over the place. Man has forgotten God. And so anything goes. In our world, we're talking about victory over the end time. 
And so how do I, how, I, how do I raise my child in this generation? You better get them as much God as possible. Teach them about Jesus. Play godly music. Don't play the one about shake your rump. Twerking in, in the other room. Come on. Because they're going to be twerking out in the street long before long. You better tell them put some clothes on, girl. Don't need to show off your backside. Pull your pants up, young man. Come on. Turn that mess off. You don't need to be shooting nobody, smoking that. Chasing out the girl, everybody and their mama. I told him I used to try to teach my, I used to try to, I know I'm going a long day, but I'm going to give you a lot. Amen. But uh, you know, I used to try to tell him, mama, I'm just listening to the beat, mama. I'm just listening to the beat. NWA. Ooh. I'm just listening to the beat, mama. And before long, I was out there beating, fighting and carrying on, calling the women out their name, chasing the women, and, and chasing out them, running around, doing whatever I could. Because there's a seed into your mind. And the devil would deceive that and make you feel like you're more of a man because the more women you have. That's a lie of the devil. I'm the man. I got five women. <laughs> There's a man I work with. He was married. But he was showing all these pictures from his birthday celebration. And right, all of us in the group, he was showing me, saying, yeah, I got with that one. I got with that one. I got with that one. All of his concubines. And... It's not funny, amen, it's real. And it's a sinful, ungodly world we're living in. Come on. Pray for your husbands. Ladies, keep, don't, don't let your husbands hang all night. Yeah. The Bible says the bed is undefiled. It'll keep you out of him slipping off. Men, treat your wife right. Men, treat your wife right so she won't have a headache. You becoming the headache. Don't come in and getting all sweet now. <laughs> I know it's a little different. I'm sorry, first time visitor. It's good stuff, amen. <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to it. He says it's an adulterous generation. Stick out of the adulterous generation. And it's it's all from the White House all the way down. From all the way through the government, all the way through the lower parts of the street. It's a glamorized. And that's why television and all these different things glamorize the flesh. Why? To keep everybody in an adulterous mindset. You look at everything down that walks down the street. Right? Ladies, cover yourself. Keep that thing private. How's that? Anyway, let's go. The Bible says here, so let's not be ashamed. So we won't be ashamed. Why would they be ashamed? Because they left behind. They're here with the rest because Jesus is coming again, brothers and sisters, today. We're talking about things to come. Jesus is coming, and he's coming for a church and a people that are not are full of adultery, that's not full of sin, but he's coming for a church that's without wrinkle and spot. We tell you these things, but it gets hot sometimes, but the Bible says we must be like hot iron wire to get the wrinkles out. Come on. This is everyday talk. This is everyday living. We got to be ready when he comes. He said they're going to be ashamed. Because they miss the rapture or they'll bow in shame in death because when they stand before God, when we all stand before die, either we're going to stand in glory or we're going to stand in shame. Why didn't you serve me? We're going to stand before God. Why did you not serve me? I want to sin. I didn't believe. Depart from me. And walking away in shame down that long road lost it all. Sin is expensive, church. It will ruin families and homes. 
We're trying to prepare you for the things that come. There are going to be challenges that will come. Paul realized this. We need a real walk with God. We need a real walk with God because things will come that will challenge your faith, challenge our society. We need God in our life. Let's move on. Things to come causes sin. Sin causes weakness. And so, but, but God says we can overcome. Amen. The Bible says, and I'm going to give you a little bit more. i got to get you out of here. Let's go to 2 Timothy. I'm going to just give it to you. Man, uh, uh, this may have to be a part B, 17B coming up. The Bible says 14B. The Bible says uh, this know also in the last days. Perilous times shall come. You see this? Perilous times. Dangerous times mean perilous times. He says, for men shall be lovers of their own self. It's all about me. It's all about how I feel, what I think. <laughs> you dead wrong. No, no, no. We live in a sensitive society. You can't say that about me. I'll do what I want to do because I feel it feel is right. And so we obey our feelings instead of obeying God. Men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, meaning chasing after the money, boasters, proud, blasphemies, disobedient parents. We go back and read this stuff. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, verse 3. Without natural affection, that means, uh, that's a lot in there too. About uh, truth breakers and false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despise of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. The house of the Lord should be full. We should be, we should swap out. We should be over at City Field and they should have a baseball game over here. Right? If the baseball game started at 11 o'clock, we should have 40,000. <laughs> right? But we see it's reversed. Uh, 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 down at the stadium across over the river, they're getting ready for the Giants or Jets, whoever's going to be playing. Hey, man, I'd rather have Jesus than the Jets. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyway, <laughs> we said lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Is that right, Father? How many believe, agree with me? The church house should be full. Amen. But we have to begin to gauge our pleasures and put our priorities in shape and in order. Now, in the football game, yes, after the service, amen, I, I have to miss kickoff, but I'm going to, you know, hey, whatever. But I'm going to go to God's house first. I'm going to pray first. I'm going to seek God's first. I'm going to get my soul in order first. The Bible says it a little bit further. He says, uh, having a form of godliness. This is the problem. Having a form of godliness. This is a religious experience, but not real. A form of godliness. Not even the, the real thing. He says, denying the power thereof. There's power that you can live for God in this crooked and perverse generation. There's power. Say, everybody falls. Everybody, yes, you know what? But you know what? God can give you power to say no. God gives you power to resist. And so we want to build a powerful church of people. I mean, say that. And that's why it's important to have the Holy Ghost because it gives us power to say no. It gives you power to resist, power over the flesh. You don't have to obey your flesh. You do it because you want to, the Bible says. <laughs> we do it because we want to. I shared with him on uh, Tuesday night, uh, maybe Thursday night. The man was asked about thoughts. You can't have these thoughts come into your mind. I said, those thoughts, you can't let them land because it becomes a nest. And if you don't shoot them thoughts away, it only becomes a problem when you let it become a part of you. You got to get that thing out of my head. Amen. But let's move on. The Bible says, for this cause they creep in the in houses. And so because they, they're, not, uh, they're not really a full relationship with God, not really committed to Christ, they go into houses and, and lay captive silly women laden with sin and led away the, after their own lust. He says, never learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so we say we can have a library full of books, but it won't do any good if it's not in your heart. We can know the scriptures backwards and forwards, but if it's not in your heart, it won't. Be. The devil will laugh at us if we knew the Bible. 
but don't live it. Does everybody follow that? We can talk about victory, but you got to have victory. You got to live victory, brothers and sisters, today. And temptation and things that come our way say, no, I'm not going to bow to you, devil. I, in the name of Jesus, we covered last week, I resist you. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You got to absolutely take authority, not just on paper, but live it every day in your life. Does everybody follow that? You have power to pray. You have power to lay hands on the sick. You have power to do these things. And so the enemy will say, ah, oh, you just, you know, just have it on, 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 your, on your countertop there. No, let me get this thing down in my heart. Let it become a part of me for the things that will come my way. I can have victory over these things. And so naturally we can have, quote all the scriptures, we can have all the gospel music in the world. But we st- and we can be in every service, but still our walk will be in vain if we're not real with it. And no doubt one day the rapture will take place. Let me finish up. I got a few more pieces. Give me Second Peter, uh, please, chapter 3. The Bible says, knowing this first, another part about the things to come. Jesus talked about things to come. And so the Bible talks about things to come. Knowing this first about the end, there shall come in the last days scoffers. What are scoffers? People that make fun of the church, make fun of the preacher, make fun of the Holy Ghost. They will laugh at us. They'll laugh at you for praying. They'll make, they'll make fun, make jokes about it. There will be scoffers in the last days. The Bible says, and walking after their own lust. There it is again. They, they're not ready to get into the spirit. They want to continue to obey the lust. He says, and, and, and shall say, where is the promise of his coming? Number four. He says, since the fathers fell asleep, they, they continue to say these things. And, and, we're, and from the beginning of creation, they've always said, the preacher, you always trying to talk about the end is near. They've been talking about it for thousands of years now. The end is near. And this is exactly what Peter said. They're going to say. You probably heard it yourself. For this they will be willingly ignorant that the word of God, uh, of the heaven uh, were of old and the earth standing out of water and in water. Number six, he says, whereby the world that was was being overflowed with water perish but the heavens and earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved for the day of judgment there's coming a day of judgment perdition of ungodly men judgments for the ungodly we all have to give an account and every man will have to stand before God number 80 went on and says this won't give you he says beloved be not ignorant of this thing he says the day of, uh, one day in the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. So back to that, talking about, it's been talking about for hundreds and thousands of years now, preaching. But to God, it's a short time. Did you know that? A thousand years to God is like one day. Why? Because he wants to see as many go to heaven. That's his grace. People from a thousand years ago, he wanted to see them go to heaven. And that's why he waits and he waits and he waits. Why? Because he wants more and more and more people to come to heaven. That's why he waits. And that's why he waits. And why? Because, uh, again, to him, time is short. Eternity is short. Uh, again, this land, 70 years on earth, is short compared to eternity. Think about that. Your time here on earth is short compared to eternal life. Eternal life is forever. So why waste our soul? Why not give our lives to Christ now? These pleasures of years that here on earth and, and, and reject Christ. Say, no, I'm not going to reject Christ. It's worth it all, church today. It, the, the price, uh, again, is, is important to give our lives to Christ. Why? Because it's going to be worth it all one day. The Bible says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Number nine, he says, as some men count slight, and so they take it easy. And say, I preach it. Uh, not right now. So they get slack about their soul. 
Uh, uh, next week, next week, next year. Next, next, next Easter. I'll get saved on Easter. You know, uh, Christmas, end of the year. Now I have a New Year's resolution. God is not slack concerning his promise. Don't be slack about him. Bible says, he, and this is important, he says, uh, but it's long-suffering towards us. Thank, I'm thankful for God's long-suffering. In other words, he was willing chance after chance. He's given us, however long you've been here on earth, that's how many chances he's given us to get it right. How many know that? He's long-suffering. And so all the things, the mistakes that we made, it was long-suffering. You know what? Yes, that knucklehead boy was out there drinking as a teenager and running around in his early 20s. But you know what? I'm going to give him a chance. I see something in him. I see a preacher out there. Hey, man, that girl right there, she's running around right now. But you know what? She's going to give her life to me one day. That's how God's love. Amen. Then right now, they just, you know, the devil's got them all over the place. But one day, if by my, my grace, I'm going to bring them in. And you know what? That God gives us each of the opportunity. I'm thankful for that today. God gave you a chance to make right things right. All of our mistakes of our past, yes, we can't do nothing about it. But God, by God's grace, he was long-suffering towards us. He was willing, no doubt, that we, that we could be saved. Today, thank God for the cross of Calvary. He was willing to save us. He's willing to tarry long to why that we can come to a wise decision to say, you know what? I need Christ in my life. I need to be saved this morning. Because he said his will is not that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God is waiting even now in this service. He said, preacher, please hurry up and finish. I'm waiting on you so I can get these people to pray. I'm waiting on again uh, for you to finish so men and women can come to repent and come turn to from their wicked way. God is wanting all men from white, red, yellow, black, and white up and down the streets of New York, all throughout the countries, all around this world, for men to come to God now while there's still time, my friend, today. The Bible says the day of the Lord will come as a thief. The Bible says, next verse, the day of the Lord will come as a thief. A thief. We don't know when it'll happen as a thief. Just like death, it happens when we don't need to. We don't know this could be it. We don't know that. It comes like a thief. It comes like a thief, even though you may be dying on your deathbed. You still don't know the hour. It'll come like a thief, and some happen immediately, some happen, no doubt, uh, again, uh, quickly, or some happen prolonged. But, you know, he says, coming like a thief in the night. He says, and in the heavens shall pass away, and with a great noise, the elements shall melt with a fervent heat, and the earth and the works that, that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then uh, these things we, that shall be dissolved, what manner of man ought we ought to be? He says, seeing all this stuff the preacher's talking about this morning, he says, what shall we do? What are we going to do with it? Seeing what the future holds. He said, God is going to burn this old earth up one day. God's going, it's, it's, it's not global warming either. God's going to burn this thing up. And get rid of it all. He says, nevertheless, if we according to his promise, look for a new heaven, verse 13. How many looking forward to that new heaven? A new heaven and a new earth. The Bible says, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Jesus, when he died, he went back into heaven. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He says, and where I am there, you may be also. So when you die, you can go and spend eternity. Some of our brothers and sisters are there now. Amen. Our beloved sister Mary is there now. Amen. Brother Aaron is there now. Amen. And others are there now praising God and worshiping God. Perhaps they can even get a glimpse of looking down upon service and say, hey, serve God. Tell them, preacher, it's real. It's real, brothers and sisters, today. Tell them, preacher, that again, Jesus love them. Tell them again, it won't be long. It won't be long. We'll see one another again. It won't be long. He says there's a new heaven and new earth. And you go back and read the book of Revelation. The Bible says that a new heaven and a new earth will come down upon here where we are now. 
and Jesus will reign forevermore. How many look forward to that? The king of kings will come one day. The king is coming, church, today. Are we, are we prepared for when the bridegroom cometh? Will our robes be white? Will we be ready for that day when he comes, church, today? When, he, when his trumpet sounds on and on and on, when it's time to go and, and uh, meet Jesus, will we be ready? Let's finish up. The Bible says 13. Nevertheless, according to the promise, we look for a new heaven and earth and dwell in righteousness. So we must live in righteousness. Number 14, whereby, wherefore, beloved, he says, seeing that ye looks for such things diligently, that ye may be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. Let God clean it up. Amen. Thank God for the blood this morning. God can clean it up. And I believe God can clean up again in our community through the blood. Amen. Believe that. Families and people. He cleans you up. He can clean your, your neighbor up too. He can clean up the man down the street. Thank God for the blood. Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ can clean us up and cause and present us blameless. Why? Because when we stand before him, he'll see the blood. He'll see the blood. He'll see uh, your confession. He'll see your relationship with him and says, yes, uh, he's, a, he's a believer. She's a believer. And you can stand before him and he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Uh, and regardless of when that may be, regardless of how it may come, we must be believers this morning. We must be ready for what comes where you can have victory when death comes your way. Amen. When death comes your way. I'm going to close with this. And Corinthians, as we finish up with this, I know I'm going along this morning. 1 Corinthians 15. The Bible says, if this life we have only hope in Christ, we are men most miserable. Let's read again. And if in this life we we have hope in Christ. We are men most miserable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep, meaning them that have died. He said if Jesus was just there for them 30 years, there was nothing to it. But he rose. Amen. How many know that? He rose again. And the Bible says, for, for since by man came death and by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Referring to his uh, crucifixion, death, and resurrection. The Bible says, for as in Adam all die. Because of him we all die. He says, even so in Christ we shall be made alive. And so what is to come? Preparing and getting victory in the end of your life. Christ is giving his life that we can be alive this morning. Number 23 went on says, and every man that is, is in his own order, Christ the first fruit afterwards, that they are in Christ at his coming. And so naturally when he comes again, you will be in Christ as well. The Bible says in 24, then cometh the end. Then cometh the end. And when he shall be delivered up to the kingdom of God, even to the Father, even uh, when uh, shall be put, he shall put all rule under him. How many look forward to that? When God puts all rule under his feet. All power and authority, for he must reign till he puts all enemies under his feet. He said, and the last enemy that shall be destroyed in the last verse is death. The last enemy is death. The last one is death. He will defeat the devil one day. I mean, look forward to that. The great, the great Armageddon, when the angels come and the God come and the saints of God come and destroy the works of the devil once and for all. The devil will be bound up and thrown into the lake of fire. Amen. What a, go back and read the book of Revelation. What a wonderful day it will be. And the last one is death shall be swallowed up. And so uh, Paul continued to go on because he was dealing with the issue of death. Let's go to verse 50 as we close with this. Come on up, Victoria. The Bible says, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot enter in. So why do we invest so much in our flesh and our blood? 
Why do you invest so much time, efforts, and energy, my friend, in flesh and blood? You invest in the spiritual man, get the spiritual man right. Because when the spiritual man is right, you can have victory in all aspects of your life. Some of the hardest battles can come in your life, but the spiritual man is in order. The, the, the hardest battles to your flesh, you could be diagnosed with cancer. We shared with you other day, our sister's healed from cancer, amen? And if you have cancer today, God can heal you. And when, even, even in then, if you die uh, because of cancer, you know what? You have victory in Christ Jesus. We're going to die of something, brothers and sisters, today. Amen. How many know that? We're eventually going to go some kind of way. But you know what? We must, we must, we must make sure the spiritual man, the, the soul is ready to go. Amen. And the Bible goes on and says, and neither corruption nor corruption. In 51, he says, I'll show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. He was referring to when Christ will come. And no doubt through the rapture of the church. He said, I'll show you a mystery. They was wondering about death. What is like? He said, we shall not all sleep. We shall be changed in a moment. He said, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, as soon as the reflection comes off my eyes, that's how fast it would take place. When the trumpet shall sound, the Bible says the last trumpet shall sound, and, and, and the dead in Christ shall be raised. All of those who have gone on shall be raised, and we shall be changed. The incorruptible uh, shall put on, the corruptible shall put on incorruption, and the mortal shall put on immortality. In other words, this old flesh, we will have a new body. How I many you know that? A new body, this old flesh will one day go away. But the spiritual man will live, but God's going to give us a new body. The Bible says for uh, number 2054, he says, and we so then shall corruptible put on incorruption and mortal shall put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass that, that same death is swallowed up in victory. When Christ, no doubt, in the rapture and the great resurrection of the dead, even in that day. And the Bible says as we close, you can begin to play. He says, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? We're talking about complete victory over things to come. I listen to you a lot of things that's going to happen. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff is going on. A lot of stuff that will happen. And one day, if the rapture don't take place, we're going to eventually all die. How many know that? We will eventually all go. And the Bible says, but where is this victory? He said, the sting of death is sin. And so, again, because of sin, we all die. The strength of sin is law. But he says, but thanks be to God. Let me go thank God this morning. He says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us, the believer, victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And church today, over death, if, if he can conquer death, he can conquer anything in your life. Let me know that. You're going through things in your life right now. He can overcome that. When he was able to walk the earth, he, they saw blinded eyes. He healed him and said, wow, he can do that. The lame man that could not walk from his birth, he said, get up, take up your bed, and get up, start walking. Wow, he can do that. The man who couldn't hear, he touched his ear. The woman who, who, who had an infirmity, a sickness that was incurable, he says, be healed, and she was healed. He can do that. He can turn water into wine. The Bible says he can even walk on water. The Bible says he even touched the funeral, and during the funeral, he stopped the funeral and said, hey, get up, tell that boy to get up, and he got up. Lazarus was dead, dead for four days. Science would say it's too late. Blood dried up. Organs shut down. Everything's gone. He said, Lazarus, come out of that grave. Get up. And they said, man, what manner of man is it? The winds were blowing. I remember as a kid, crazy kids. 
I would go out in the driveway, there was a storm coming, and we, we just got to watch the Ten Commandments. And I went out there and said, Behold, stop the winds. I was crazy, man. And we was all laughing and stuff like that. But Jesus did that. The Bible says he got up on the edge of the ship. The ship was sinking. And the Bible says he was sleeping. During the, he had victory over the storm. You got storms in your life. I'm telling you today, complete victory. Say, Jesus, I need victory over this storm right now. Jesus got up out of the bottom of the ship. They woke him up. What do you want, Peter? He says there's the winds and waves. Like, We're going to die. We're all going to die, preacher. We're all going to perish. He said, oh, you little fame. He went out and spoke to him. He says, winds and waves, peace be still. And the wind stopped. And they said, my God, what manner of man is this? All these different things, but the greatest one of them all was when he died. He was nailed on the cross. His blood was shed all over the place, turning probably blue. And no doubt all the fluids were drained from his body. They put him in the grave. They watched him die. They put him in that grave three days straight. Naturally, no doubt, Mary and Martha went to the tomb and saw him. Said, hey, he's dead. He's, he ain't coming back. He's dead. He's gone. Next day, he came out. He definitely did. Now, you know what? But on the third day, the stone was rolled away. I'm grateful for that today. The stone was rolled away, and so the Bible says he got up with all power in his hand, all authority over death, the hell, and the grave, and over every sickness. And church of the day, if he can overcome that, if he can have victory over the grave, he can, you can have victory in everything in life today. And so he says, O grave, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through who? Through who? Through Jesus Christ, my friend today, he says, therefore, my beloved brethren, as you get up and go the rest of your days, get victory, Jimmy. The Bible says this in verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye unmovable. We're talking about victory. I know I've gone long, folks. I gave you two services in one. Be unmovable. 